Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. Ah, the old David Letterman theme song about letters, letters, letters. Okay, enough of that. Wrong way, Lou Ruffino. Uh, we broke his story. Others haven't yet been able to connect the dots because they're a dollar short and a day late. And they're always wondering, how does Curtis know this before anybody else? How does he know this information before everybody else? Well... When you spend a life as I have out in the streets and don't spend your time in the suites where you learn nothing but uh, washwoman, uh, rumor mongering, and all kinds of small talk, you got to really keep your boots on the ground. You got to develop contacts. And whether they like you or they don't like you, what is the one thing that I always do, Justin Alec? Who do I, what do I give to every person that I meet, whether they're a homeless person or a billionaire? I give them my business card. You, many of you out there, probably have a collection of my business cards, both uh, the times I've worked here at WABC during all my different shifts, morning, noon, and night, with WABC, both at the old WABC and now at the new and improved and number one second to none WABC of John Katzmatidis, number one by day across the nation and number one across the world at night once it's dusk. There have been people who have said that they've had as many as 10 different business cards that I've given out. Even at that brief sojourn when I spent time uh, at AM 970, the answer, that's four years of my life, wrong way, Lou Rufino, I'll never get back. Nobody ever listened to me there. I was doing AM drive, PM drive there, and the only person that listened to me was uh, Rich Valdez, who now does a nationally syndicated show for Westwood. Uh, he's taken over for Jim Bohannon. I did many shows with Jim over the years. He's rest in peace. He's passed, uh, to radio talk heaven and Rich Valdez is here. And I said, Rich, you're the only person in four years ever said they listened to me at AM 970, the answer. He said, that's because the tower was right next to my house in Bergen County. It was the only radio station I could get. So I was forced to listen to you AM drive, PM drive. But the reality is, is that when I'm on my game, which is why people listen to me, why there are such high ratings when I come on, is because I don't just regurgitate news. I break news. And as you know, it's a one-two punch. I come on with Sid Rosenberg in the morning, Monday through Fridays at 7.05, and I serve the hors d'oeuvre. Then when I come on to the Rip and Read, which I do from 12 to 1, Monday through Fridays, I give you the entree to what the yard d'oeuvre was. And naturally on the weekends when it's always broadcasting, Curtis, I'm able to extrapolate and really go into depth. I don't interview guests. 
I don't want to deal with guests who just regurgitate what they want to tell you. I deal with callers uh, over the weekend, which are in rip and read. My job is to give you information that nobody has provided to you, or maybe reporters are just sitting on it like a hen ready to hatch an egg because they're just frady cats, scared to release information. Ooh, my bosses may not like it, or if I wasn't completely right, I may be fired. Okay, that that's the risk you take. And I have an agreement with our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis. If I'm wrong, and Justin Ellick, both you and Wrong Way, Lou Rafino, you keep your fingers crossed open every day. I hope he's wrong. Because if I'm wrong about the information that I give to all of you, I'm gone. That's our handshake agreement. And, hey, look, John Katsimatidis is a man of honor, and I believe in the power of a handshake. You shake somebody's hand, that, that's a deal. And... uh I live from day to day, and I could die any day on the sword here at WABC. It's high noon for me. So the other day I told you that the FBI has notified people close to Eric Ulrich, who I've been warning you people about since 2019, that this guy is a total degenerate gambler and crook, right down to the marrow of his bone. Fellow Republican. City councilman for a while over in Howard Beach. Then he became the crooked county leader of the Republican Party. And then he became, of course, when you're crooked, you become a Republican for Eric Adams. Last night I was at the Whitestone Club for Vicky Palladino celebrating her victory. Packed house, about 400 Republicans. And I warned them all, if you're an Eric Adams Republican, I'm coming for you. Because then you have participated uh, in the demise of our city. You helped promote de Blasio 2.0. We thought it was eight years of misery under de Blasio. It was. Now we've got misery under Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. So the FBI has notified people close to Eric Ulrich by letter that they have been listening to their conversations over the phone. This is not at all unusual. This was actually done by Alvin Bragg's office when he took in uh, Eric Ulrich, uh, ended up indicting him on multiple serious charges of political corruption, along with his uh, Gambino sycophants, toadies, and lackeys. Eric Ulrich, he owes $600,000 in gambling debts to the Bonanno crime family. Anytime you've ever gone down Cross Bay Boulevard, on both sides, you have uh, not competing crime families. They get along splendidly, those few that remain. So you got the espresso-sipping psychotic killers of organized crime, the Gambinos on the new Howard Beach side, and then you got the Bananos on the old Howard Beach side because back when Fat Joe Messino was in charge of the Banano crime family and he became a rat, he lived on one side, uh, they found 32 gold bars in his safe when they arrested him, and then he became a cooperating witness, that fat slob. And then, of course, it was John Gotti Sr. who lived in New Howard Beach. Oh, they got along splendidly. And the thing that they agreed with uh, Justin Ellick is kill Curtis Sliwa. Kill him. Shut him up. And they almost did. Well, let's get back to these letters. Eric Ulrich was told... By Eric Adams, when he was the buildings commissioner. And why would Eric Adams have made him the buildings commissioner? That's like putting the fox in the chicken coop with all these construction firms that are still mobbed up. It's giving them an easy pass. And they had it for a while, especially the bananas. 
But he was going to a meeting of construction firms in the Bronx, and Eric Adams rolled up to Eric Ulrich, his building's commissioner, and said, watch your back and watch your phones. Even Alvin Bragg's office has said that they had to alert Eric Adams that he was among those whose conversations were intercepted when the DA of Manhattan was investigating Eric Ulrich. Okay, so that's one. But at that point, Eric Adams did not lawyer up. So the same man who told Eric Ulrich, watch your back and watch your phones, and then only to see his buildings commissioner get pinched by his very dear friend Alvin Bragg because the evidence was so egregious, and then to see that Eric Ulrich resigned the next day and then uh, weeks later was indicted. It does not necessarily mean that you are a target. When it's done at the federal level, the Justice Department is required to notify you that your conversations were listened to by the FBI. So if you want to give Eric Adams the benefit of the doubt, uh, he's gotten a letter also. Yep, yeah, yeah, Justin Ellick, that's why he's lawyering up. He announced yesterday, right, he's lawyered up. He's got a, a prestigious law firm to protect him from going to the big house, Otisville, upstate New York, to camp for white-collar criminals or for dicks, the federal facility for those who are in politics or elective office who get found guilty of crimes, and they go to Fort Dix. But I cannot believe the hubris, the chutzpah, the coolions, that he is returning tonight to the scene of the crime that caused Eric Ulrich and his Gambino friends in Howard Beach to be indicted by Alvin Bragg. The place is Russo's on the Bay. This guy, Eric Adams, is like walking the tightrope. He thinks he's impervious. His complexion is his protection. He can go back to the scene of the crime, which he's doing tonight for some fundraiser, for some organization. But Russo's on the bay that I've known forever is Gambino up. In fact, when Michael D. Leonardo, Mikey Scars, testified how the Gottis were attempting to kidnap me and kill me, because he's the one who dropped dime. When he was on that witness stand, he was asked by the U.S. Attorney's Office, oh, what about Russo's on the bay? And he said, oh, Russo's on the bay for every plate that they serve in that catering hall. They got to kick up a dollar to the Gambino crime family. Him. He said it. Testimony. Well-known fact in Howard Beach, Ozone Park. And so why would you be going back to the place where Eric Adams was feted at a $1,000 a head fundraiser at Russo's, hosted by Eric Ulrich, who was the Republican city councilman who had renounced me. Thank God he did, because I renounced him a long time ago. And the co-hosts were Anthony and Joseph Levere, who have just been indicted by Alvin Bragg, Gambino guys who owned Aldo's Pizzeria, where all the gambling action took place that Eric Ulrich was constantly involved with. Uh, Aldo's is the old Altadonna. The old Altadonna was where um, uh, John Santucci, the DA of Queens, would have 12-hour luncheons with John Gotti Sr., John Gotti Jr., and the Gambino crime family from the nearby Bergen Hunt Fish and Shoot Human Beings Club on 101st Ave in Ozone Park. Yeah, yeah, same thing. And then, oh, there's Michael Mazio. Michael Mazio was the other host. What a piece of work this guy is, Michael Mazio. <laughs> Him and his brother, let me see, that was Angelo, right? It was Angelo, I forget his other brother. 
they were all hooked up in bid rigging for their tow truck company. And uh, friends of Eric Ulrich, they co-hosted that fundraiser for Eric Adams that has created so many indictments. And so even though Eric Ulrich was right in the middle of it, all these Gambino guys were kicking up money to Eric Adams and the Banano guys had Russo's on the bay. He goes back there tonight as if he's king of the world, Eric Adams, knowing that the feds have a tail on him. And God only knows people that he is talking to might be wired up like Christmas trees. Oh, this guy thinks he is impervious to getting arrested and charged with political crimes because in Eric Adams' mind, who always plays the race card, his complexion is his protection. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, is in a free fall. And he has decided to lawyer up because the walls are closing in on him. And I know more about this case than most people outside of the investigators themselves. That's why you listen, because I give you updates. I don't give you oldie, moldy news regurgitated like some of my colleagues. Same old, same old. Damn. Got to turn it off. What I give you is fresh slices. So let's get right down to it. Yesterday, after uh, hiding out in his bunker for four days after he came back from Washington and was out of sight, out of mind, Eric Adams, as we all know now, held a press conference at City Hall in which he told the press uh, that had congregated there that they were lucky that he takes off-topic questions once a week. Oh, Be so grateful. So before he got into talking about the um, uh, accusations of political corruption that are coming fast and furiously of his campaign against me and then uh, the campaign coming up uh, for re-election, he uh, gave his standard spiel about what a great life we're living in New York City and how crime-free we are. I'm happy that Chief Madry joined us today because um, one of the most exciting aspects of what is happening now is what we're doing around crime. We're driving driving down crime year to date. Uh, first off, let me give you an update, Justin Ellick. Uh, take this. Jeffrey Madry, who clearly is physically impaired. You may have seen him when they had that all-out riot in Union Square Park when that uh, so-called media influencer promised to give out uh, PlayStations and Madry was under attack he was hobbling around. He's going out on two-thirds disability. <laughs> so I don't even think Eric Adams knows that yet. He's going out pension, two-thirds disability. Second, talking about how crime is down, shoplifting surged 64% in New York City, more than any other U.S. city in the past four years, more than Philadelphia, more than Chicago, more than San Francisco, more than Portland, more than Seattle. And he has the um, the coulions to say the crime is down. Let's see what else he had to say. Uh, uh, let's see. 
We're driving, driving down crime year to date, decreasing our subway system, um, due to, due to our subway safety plan. Oh, we're so safe in the subways. Uh, Justin and Alec, I noticed you were laughing at the post that I did with Robbie Robot, the robot in Times Square who is in a stationary position. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. No, Will Robinson. Danger. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. No, Will Robinson. Danger. All right, Danger, all right. Robinson. So they got this stationary robot that costs tens of thousands of dollars with the logo of the police department on it. You got to go to my Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter account, even on the WABC Facebook page. And I done, I did a video with Robbie Robot. And the two uh, cops who were assigned to Robbie Robot to protect Robbie Robot from being graffitied, from being vandalized, and being pushed into the track. So they keep... Robbie Robot, that's supposed to be this new crime-fighting uh, a toy of Eric Adams that we paid for, behind police barriers, and they're always watching it. And I said to the cops, what the hell does this uh, Robbie Robot do? He goes, beats me. All we know is that we're nurse-minding Robbie Robot. But if you notice, there was the vigilante who was firing shots right there in the Times Square station. They didn't catch the guy right away. He was catching, he was firing shots at a mugger who was mugging a woman who lives in the shelter at Bellevue Hospital. No arrests at that point. The guy ended up uh, being pinched. And then there's that maniac wanted in a string of random attacks on women in the New York City subway. He's like a serial assaulter. Uh, I know women feel so much safer in the subway, Eric Adams. Uh, did he comment about hate crimes? Can we hear that comment on it? Overall, uh, hate crime is down in the city. Can I hear that one more time? Overall, uh, hate crime is down in the city. Uh, James Flippin in our news department, can you uh, inform Fabian Levy, his uh, sycophant, Tony and Lackey, his press attache, that crimes against Jews, anti-Semitic crime, is up like 228%. And he says that, and he thinks he's going to get away with it with the regular press, the McWhitey-Whiteys, because he always plays the race car, but he can't get away with that with me. No way, because I'm out in the streets all the time. Now, can I have my helicopter there, wrong way, Lou Rafino, as we return to the scene of the crime? It's Thursday morning at 8 o'clock. Eric Adams was already on his way to Washington, D.C. to have that meeting that he had been requesting for months with the White House, with congressional delegations. The mayor of Chicago was there, the mayor of Denver. He needed this. He had the tin cup in his hand. He desperately wanted money. We've been straddled with a $12 billion debt. As a result of him deciding to roll out the red carpet for all the illegal aliens and give them things that we don't even give American citizens who are in distress, especially veterans living out in the streets or living in our shelter system who have to be in by curfew. But if you're an illegal alien, eh, you don't have any of that. So at his press conference yesterday, he finally, after four days of practicing, practicing his lines, and I'm sure they were grilling him over and over and over. Uh, he finally decided to answer the question of why did you find it necessary to return from Washington, D.C.? I had a 25-year-old staffer that I saw grow up as a intern that had a traumatizing experience in her life. 
there was a professional part of maintaining, uh, you know, my staff and my city. But I think sometimes we miss the fact that there's a human part to life. Yeah, let's face it. As a human being, I was concerned about a young 25-year-old staffer. Sure you were. That went through a traumatic experience. Yeah, yeah. And although I'm mayor, I have not stopped being a man. Wow. And a human. Oh, boy. So compassionate, empathetic, sympathetic. Rihanna Suggs was not the person raising $18 million in his campaign uh, to become mayor the first time or now for his reelection. That's not Brianna Suggs. She's the woman who would go around to the fundraiser and she carried the booster bags. She would collect the checks. The person responsible for fundraising is Frank Caron. Now, uh, Google up Frank Caron's picture and he looks like he's right out of Goodfellas. I mean, the guy looks like a crook and he is right down to the marrow of his bone. He was his campaign manager. He was his fundraiser. He is now the biggest lobbyist in the city. If you want to deal uh, business in the city, if you want to get wine dined in parking line, uh, hey, uh, it's, it's this guy, Frank Caron. He's the only guy in town if you want to get the ear of the mayor. Used to be you go up to the Club Zero Bond downtown to the break of dawn, private club. You had to pay membership. It was worth it. You had a private session with the mayor. You did business. Uh, you didn't do it in City Hall or anywhere else where you'd have to sign your, your name in the lot. And now it's up at Consofrito in the Bronx uh, with Jimmy Rodriguez, a felon who runs that joint off of Westchester Avenue. He hasn't been there since, since he came back from watching it, because the heat is on, the feds are tailing him. He knows he's in double trouble. So he gave that excuse as to why he came back, because this important woman that had been an intern and then his chief fundraiser was actually all she did was carry the booster bags and collect the checks and bring them back to Frank Caron, who did all the fundraising, him and his sickle fans, toadies and lackeys. And then he gave the reason as to why it was important for him to be here but not talk to her after he had traveled back. The I did not speak with uh, Brianna the day of the incident because I didn't want to give any um, appearance of interference. Yeah. So he traveled all the way back from D.C., and we're expected to believe that he didn't want to talk to her because he didn't want to give the appearance or maybe influencing her, because she will be testifying before a grand jury. Now, what he has done, he has lawyered up uh, with a firm, and he is providing her with a lawyer. I would suggest to her that you got to be out of your, your, your mind, Brianna Suggs, to use the lawyer that Eric Adams is providing to you. Their loyalty at that law firm is to Eric Adams. It is not to you. Why the hell would you be used? I know, uh, okay, you don't have the money for a lawyer. I get it. But that law firm is going to be steering you in a direction where you may end up taking the rap for something you really didn't even do other than to accompany him on the fundraisers and carry the booster bag and take the checks back to Frank Caron. God, look, I know all of this. Don't do it, Brianna. If you know Brianna Suggs, if you're a friend of hers, Tell her she's going to lawyer up. She's got to get her own lawyer. If she takes the lawyer that Eric Adams gives her, oh, my God. Uh, she's going to end up doing it. It, it, it. She's going to end up doing time. There's no doubt about it. 
And this happened with State Senator John Liu years ago when he was running for mayor, wanted to be the first Asian ever to be mayor, except John Liu, now a state senator, is a crook. And he used the same tactics of fundraising, bundled money, which can be done legally, but then had straw donor purchases. People did, didn't even exist. And his treasurer and his assistant took the rap. They went to jail for him. He should have been what He claimed he didn't know anything. You see, that's going to be the Eric Adams uh, excuse. In fact, they're practicing Justin Ellick, so we're ahead of the curve. The three eyes. This is what Bill de Blasio, comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, did when Preet Bahara was ready to prosecute him and rightfully so for political corruption. He blamed his lawyers, because he's not a lawyer, and he used the three-eye principles. Now, the three-eye principles is a little bit different for Eric Adams. And years and years ago, in the days of Koch and Mario Cuomo, when they were uh, running against one another for mayor and governor, the three-eyes meant you had to visit. It was mandatory. You had to visit Israel, Italy, and Ireland, because you had to show... uh, you know, a strength in that ethnic community back where the election is taking place. Well, let's talk about the three I principles that Eric Adams, when it comes to trial, this corruption will take. And he will declare that he is perfectly imperfect. The I did not speak with uh, Brianna the day of the incident because I didn't want to give any. Uh, now, you're of- off there wrong way. Uh, uh, f- no, no, you know, you're already, okay, go, go to it. My mistake then, my mistake. I, I, I absolve you of any responsibility. I am the perfectly imperfect child of God that shows the power of God. Ah, yes, yes. Wrong way, Rafino was correct. So he's taken the first I, which is perfectly imperfect. Then he's going to claim before the court and to his attorneys that he is incompetent. You are watching an incompetent person turning a competent place in a city to live in. This is what we need to recognize. And then he's going to uh, perform in a way that the jury and others would come to the conclusion, as we did, Justin, that he is an ignoramus. And then there was an analysis of the invoicing. Many people don't understand. We're not getting dollar for dollar for every invoice we give the, the state. We're getting 29% per dollar. So the entire billion dollars that were out, that was allocated, we won't get that until we spend over $4 billion. We haven't spent over $4 billion. We spent something like $1.7 billion. So the t- every time we give an invoice, they do an- look at the invoice and give us 29% of that. So there was no way we can draw down on a whole billion dollars because we haven't spent over $4 billion yet. What the hell was he talking about? I mean, he's an ignoramus, let's face it. Imperfect, incompetent ignoramus. And he's hoping that he can then blame his lawyers like de Blasio did. That's how de Blasio avoided going to jail. And that's the pathway that de Blasio 2.0 Eric Adams is going to take to try to avoid going to the big house. Talking about this is the Riffin Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa.
with the devil is exactly what um, Frank the Mama Luke uh, Morano does, uh, The Other Side of Midnight, 1 to 5, which I listen to, which is usually turned into a bash session against me by his friends of the Gambino crime family. Um, and speaking of the devil. Hey, uh, speak of the devil, this is uh, a nice treat. Uh, the aforementioned Victoria Gotti calling in. Uh, Victoria, happy birthday. Oh, thank you so much, sweetie. I can't believe you're, like, up. I'm up and you're up, and there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember that A&E uh, failed series growing up, Gotti's, with the three little chadrules, those knuckle-draggers who... Uh, is like Ozzy Osbourne the way he is now. You know, when he speaks, uh, he's got to have subtitles because he just can't speak. These three little jadrus couldn't even speak any words that could be decipherable on that A&E reality series, Growing Up Gotti featuring Victoria Gotti Jr. And uh, those are Frank's friends. You need to know that. I noticed that miss, Missing in Action was the announcement of Frank's friends being arrested by the feds, the FBI, U.S. Attorney's Office. Wow, it's just like uh, the politics, like Eric Ulrich and all of his friends, the Liberis who owned Aldo's, the Mazios uh, who uh, owned that uh, corrupt towing uh, uh, agency there on Crossway Boulevard in Howard Beach. They who ran the fundraiser for Eric Adams that ended up getting them indicted because of the illegal campaign contributions. Boy, birds of a feather flock together. Uh, Justin, these are the friends of uh, Frank, uh, the Mama Luke uh, Morano, friend of the Gambino family who were arrested yesterday by the feds for racketeering, leg-breaking, extortion, arson, the whole nine yards. Joseph Joey Brooklyn Lanny. Where does he live? Staten Island, Staten Italy. Uh, Diego Danny Tentillo. Angelo Fifi. Gradilioni, Fifi, what kind of a mobster would have a hand or a nickname? Fifi, Fifi. I guess uh, maybe he's a transgender. Hey, they could be, uh, they could be members of the Gambino uh, family. I knew quite a few of them that could have fit that, uh, that description. Staten Island. Then there's Vincent Vinny Slick Minsquero. Where's he from? Staten, Italy. Vito Virapa. Where's he from? Staten Island. And we finish out with Francesco Uncle Chichico Vacari. Where's he from? Staten Island. Friends of Frank the Mameluke Morano, who was paying tribute to his Gambino crime family members yesterday as his, uh, his friend, Victoria Gotti Jr., who could only curse me out whenever she'd hear my name, uh, was, uh, he was wishing her a happy birthday. Frank, you're running with the devil. There's no doubt about it. And you can hear him run with the devil every Monday through Fridays from 1 to 5 in his uh, syndicated program across the nation right here at WABC.